Hello and welcome to 7 Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, all about healing after a stroke. I'm Christine, a stroke survivor. I had a pontine hemorrhagic stroke and I understand how recovery can be a real roller coaster ride. My hope is to help other stroke survivors transform the ups, the downs, and the scary drops into something more manageable, more like the carousel. And you even get to pick your own horse. Welcome to the podcast of Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, Season 1, Episode 8, Stroke Strikes. The information and conversations in these podcasts are general in nature and do not replace the care and instruction that you receive from your doctor or therapist. Please discuss your own personal needs and circumstances with your healthcare provider. You can join the conversation through email at sevenjarsofhotpickledpeppers at gmail.com or you can tweet us at number seven, capital J, small a-r-s, or on Facebook at Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers. This week's quote of the cast. Wear your tragedies as armor, not shackles. Anonymous. When you think of a typical stroke patient, the mind readily drifts towards someone who is elderly, possibly overweight, doesn't exercise much, and maybe even smokes. Approximately every nine minutes, someone in Canada has a stroke. In further research, stroke among younger people is on the rise. Stroke can strike anyone. It is no longer just an old person concern. But maybe it never was. During my exploration of strokes, the focus seemed to be that all strokes are caused by unhealthy life choices and things like high blood pressure, cholesterol, poor diet, lack of exercise, too much alcohol, even stress. While true, the majority of strokes are linked to poor health, it is not the only cause. I lived a fairly healthy lifestyle, with maybe stress and work being more than it should have. The abnormal blood vessel that bled, causing my stroke, could have been in my brain my whole life, though. I think I'm pretty healthy, other than my stroke. I agree we need to focus on the majority, as that is where the most good can be done. But there still needs to be acknowledgement that not all strokes are caused by poor lifestyle, and it can strike anyone, anytime. One article I read initially gave me hope, stating long work hours could lead to stroke. I was a workaholic. My hope was dashed when it went on to say long work hours often increased unhealthy lifestyles, with most people having sedentary jobs. If anything, my long work hours increased my daily exercise, having a physical job. I am not minimizing a healthy lifestyle at all. Just education is power, and I know I thought I couldn't be having a stroke because I felt I was too healthy, delaying me in seeking medical help. Ultimately, it all comes down to playing the odds. A healthy lifestyle dramatically reduces the odds of having a stroke, yet some of the healthiest people may still have one. Don't delay getting help, 
no matter your age or if you think you're too healthy or you think it couldn't happen to you. It could. I'd like to introduce this week's guest. Joining us today is Dan Yaritz, a teacher, a musician, an outdoor enthusiast, and a stroke survivor. He was a teenager when he experienced his stroke. He's here today to tell us about his journey. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today, Dan. Hey, it's great to be here. So Ken did a little bit of an introduction for you, but would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Who is Dan? Definitely. Well, Dan is a musician and also a teacher, a music educator, and as well as an outdoor enthusiast. So uh, with those three things, uh, I love like when things go come in groups of three, as we <laughs> all know. Um for me, uh, a musician, that's something I've always done since I was a little little tyke. Uh, when I was six years old, I just loved music, uh, like especially pianos when I got started. And so that's kind of my main instrument, and I got a degree in music. So that's led me to the next chapter, which was teaching. Okay. And so I'm also a music educator, and, uh, and uh, I'm actually a middle school teacher right now in my hometown. Great. And so I just kind of put those two passions together. And then also, Dan is a outdoor junkie. I I love right. being outdoors. Uh, so I, I love being an enthusiast of the outdoor sports. So I do a lot of things from hiking, mountaineering, uh, scuba diving, um, kayaking. I do a ton of outdoor sports, and I just love being outside. So that's fantastic. I know. Just before we started, you shared your pictures from scuba diving in the Bahamas. Very, uh, very jealous with the waters and the scenes, and inspiring me to maybe try scuba diving in the future. I think you'd be amazing at it. It would be a fun <laughs> fun hobby for sure. Okay, well, future date maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So um, going back in time, with all these things you've done, you're also a stroke survivor. Would you mind telling us a little bit about what caused you to have a stroke? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so back in 2010, um, so I was still in high school at this time, and uh, I, I caught a very rare infection on my heart actually oh my goodness uh so i was going through a tough time they're trying to figure out what was wrong with me and after a bunch of tests and conclude they concluded that i had something called endocarditis oh my goodness so i've never heard of that endocarditis is kind of like an infection on the heart um as uh, causes like um it kind of grows on your heart and it oh. grows like like little polyps and things and stuff and oh, it usually okay. attacks near around your your valves of your heart oh my goodness uh so it's a very it's a very damaging infection mm -hmm. it's very bad and for me i was starting to get heart uh regurgitation and, and heart failure oh. because of um right. blood was getting pumped back into my lungs and oh, stuff so like it was goodness. just it, was, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't doing amazing things for me no so. doubt uh, so because of all that, I had to undergo some, uh, open heart surgeries, uh, two, in fact, open heart surgeries to help me wow. recover from this and like get rid of this infection. Uh, and because of this during my, during my surgeries, I actually, um, suffered a stroke. Oh uh, my goodness. what happened was I, and from what my doctors tell me, uh, you know, pieces of this infection, you know, went, got break, broke away. 
Right. And then went up into my brain, oh. which then caused uh, a, a, a minor stroke to happen. Oh, so my that's goodness. So that's the story of how and where that all comes from is, right. is from this infection that I had from my heart. So not, uh, not a stroke that was caused by other because there's many types of strokes i think that's the thing that people for always sure. get confused about mm -hmm. uh and so for me mine was was something uh, my stroke came from something else right exactly yeah. it was atypical the majority is caused by some type of a blockage often due to heart disease but yours was still a blockage but a very different type of blockage mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to um get out there today is there's many different reasons for stroke so not only were you dealing with the heart infection then you also had to deal with the stroke so how did the doctors determine you had had a stroke uh they determined it through mri okay uh, so they they still found some of the um in my brain some areas where they thought there was blockages but they, okay. they weren't blockages they were because a blockage means it was blocked um right. but they found um, pieces of what they think was of the infection and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they they kind of concluded that it, you know, uh, that's where I probably where they found that out. So oh, okay. yeah, MRI is where they found that for me. Great. So. And so, what kind of treatment um, with still having these bits that had traveled from your heart to your brain? Was it just time for it to reabsorb or? Yeah. So I oh, think okay. it it just it over time it they it, they just went away. Um, because I only had one stroke, uh, and so one's enough. <laughs> one's enough, right? <laughs> so whatever was left there, I, I think it was absorbed or or it, it moved on and and got, uh, um, yeah. Okay, so. so you were dealing with two very different things. Were you dealing with recovery simultaneously for both your heart and your stroke? So I was mainly recovering from heart and the stroke was an afterthought really yeah wow uh, because i didn't notice the effects of my stroke until i was actually coming back into society um okay. coming home and doing actually some brain work and uh because heart surgery on its own took a toll on me i guess and yes. i was on a ton of antibiotics and drugs so mm -hmm. i had no idea where my brain was at anyways so For i had sure. no baseline to see where the effects of the stroke you know where where, right. where it damaged and stuff okay so for me my recovery was mostly based on getting better from heart surgery that's yeah. right so, so how long did that take uh for me uh my recovery so initial recovery so i was in the hospital for two and a half months uh so then it it you know, it, it took years, but I was starting to feel better within two months after that uh, initial two months. So what is that? Two, uh, two months after the incident, let's say that. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that I was, you know, starting to, you know, have energy to run around and kind of be right. sort of normal for a bit. So well, especially as yeah. a high school student, I mean, that's quite a prime time in someone's life. It was. Yeah, it was really tricky. I was able to go back to finish my grade 12 year the next year I had no I didn't get I didn't get uh, pulled back in any way still oh, able nice. to finish that year off and stuff so that was fantastic but uh, uh, it wasn't until the f the following year of school is when I started to notice um, changes with my brain and stuff so because your stroke so what changes did you notice uh, so for me uh, my stroke 
was mainly with recall and uh, some and memory stuff. A uh, little little bit of speech, I think, as well. Okay. Um, I never we never did a full test to really conclude where oh. what it affected because yeah. it was so minor that oh, okay. our our focus was mostly on. Uh, physiotherapy and recovery of the other thing that that the stroke was kind of a minor afterthought again so I had to kind of I got some diagnosis and then I had to self-diagnose the rest which was kind of kind of tricky right well no doubt you don't know what's a new normal is hard to define with help and so defining it on your own but yeah I guess your heart superseded that superseded all that stuff uh, wow. but mainly for me it was it was recall so uh, math I used to be really really good at math so a mm-hmm. plus student in math and I went down to like a CD in my oh. last year and that was just within like s- four months of surgery right really? and so I started to notice that um, how I viewed numbers and words and recalling in the short term okay. was difficult it was different mm. I wouldn't consider it difficult because for me it was frustrating I guess it was not. Yeah, it was difficult because it was frustrating because it was my brain was working differently than it was before. And you could, I maybe putting words in your mouth, but yeah. what I've discovered, I could remember what I used to do, but yeah. I couldn't put that into practice. Exactly, I think that's the hardest thing. It's almost like the 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 limb thing, you know, when you lose a limb and oh. you get that effect that it's still there, but you know, and you know yeah. how to use it, but it's it doesn't work sort of thing so you were finding that with math and with words yeah it was really interesting uh i used to really speak in very like not exuberant language but i had a very good um way with sentences and and word structure and i just couldn't remember some words that i wanted to use and didn't come up very well certain memories and stuff for short term Mm -hmm. and i think this funny thing was is that people didn't notice or care because they thought i was normal they said, oh, you're just normal now. Uh, so you had lost some of that vibrancy you yeah. remembered having, but yeah. other people didn't recognize it. Yeah. So that adds another layer of frustration. That was very frustrating. I think that was, socially, that was very frustrating, uh, for sure. So you know that wasn't how you used to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's hard. So today, this is a number of years later. I mean, you've gone on working harder to get um, your teaching and your music degrees and do all these things. But are there still any effects you manage in your life from that? Yeah, so I, I was able to work through all those. Um, I never got, I never wanted to go get it diagnosed because I didn't want to get uh, help or be labeled, I think oh. was the thing. Um, because I know if if I had something wrong with, wrong uh, right. in quotes yes. with me, um, that there would be, you know, I could get funding or I can get this, I can get that. But a part of me just wanted to go out and do it with and prove to myself that I could do it with this condition. You know what I mean? Uh, like, well, like overcome the, overcome the adversity of what, you know, happened to me. And that I, that I feel like a better, per, bigger person, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is very selfish in some way. Right. But, uh, but you had a point to prove and you wanted to prove that uh, nothing was going to stop you, maybe? Yeah, like I didn't want something to show that uh, um, I was going to be burdened by something that would be labeled differently. Right. So, uh, but I still, yeah, so I still, things are better, but a little bit of recall is still 
an issue, but I think I've just, it's now become part of who I am. Uh, so I just, I think I've created some strategies. I don't know what they are now because I've, it's so natural ah. once you've come overcome. Right. Uh, it's been a few years now since that mm -hmm. uh, time. Uh, so I can't, I can't recall strategies <laughs> that I'm using, but I've definitely worked around it for sure. Right. So, so it's just become part of who you are now. And that's wonderful. That's what we all want to move towards mm -hmm. after a life-changing event like you experienced. Definitely. So are people surprised when you tell them your story and about the challenges you've had? Yeah, definitely. Um, what first surprises them the most is my age. And I think that's uh, a, one of the big realities in today's society is that we think that all these major clinical um, problems that happen mm -hmm. are only attributed to older, gen like older generations. For sure. Or elderly. Uh, but that is totally not the case. Uh, and if you go into a hospital and go to the pediatric side mm -hmm. or young adult side, we can, young adults still have the like the chance to get have strokes and For have sure. heart diseases and all these other um things that you would sub think elderly people would get because of their or what we thought was because mm -hmm. they're elderly they're de degenerating yeah yeah right? and you're more subject to things like heart disease high blood pressure all those things you don't associate that with youth but that is on the rise yeah. young people experiencing stroke. So do you ever find yourself in a position that you're educating people that stroke can strike at any age? Yeah, I think definitely um, when when I tell people about this, they are f surprised, but I, I have to let them know that, you know what, like what you think a stroke is, is totally not the case. So you have to mm. educate them on what a stroke is. Right. Uh, because for me, mine was just caused due to a blockage from an infection infection right right so people don't understand you know like a blockage can be anything like that exactly there's tons of things that can cause a blockage and it doesn't matter what age you're at you know mm -hmm. so uh, i think that's the first bit of um truth you have to let people know about uh right. is that that can happen to anyone right and hats off to you for promoting that and educating people because mm -hmm. i know myself i heard a lot of well, you were so healthy. Well, stroke can strike anyone. It's not just your lifestyle and your current health that can cause it. So yeah, hats off for you to do it. So I guess further to that, you pursue many outdoor adventures. So were you always drawn to that? Or did your medical challenges have an influence? Uh, for me, I always was an outdoor uh, enthusiast and always wanted to do outdoor sports. Um but having heart surgery pushed me even further to prove to me more, actually more physically and okay. mentally um, that I could overcome a lot of these hard um, challenges right. physically. So it was a, it, for, uh, when I was younger, or, and I still am younger, but yeah. when I was younger, younger, <laughs> right. um, it was definitely like, the fit, like I got to be, I got to get tough. I got to prove that I can still be a buff dude and, and overcome these things with being outdoors and stuff, climb these tallest peaks or whatever. Right. Uh, and then later on, it also became more of a mental game too. Okay. Now I got to prove that I can mentally do this and uh, uh, go beyond these things of the effects of stroke and, and heart surgeries. So. Wow, that's yeah. so inspiring. And to show that you went through something so significant and life-altering and how you're 
overcome that and even going beyond what uh, anybody's expectations were. I mean, I know for myself, and I'm still somewhat early in my recovery, I feel like I've been given a second chance. And I know I want to live life to the fullest. So Definitely. Carpe diem. Seize the yes, day. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that. So would you mind sharing some of your adventures? Definitely. Oh, geez. Uh, well, one that I just did last week, uh, or no, two weeks ago now, because we're already in, sorry, yeah, we're, it's, sun, it's Sunday. Yeah, May 27th. That we're recording this one. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> um, so uh, two weeks ago now, I was out in the, the Bahamas for a week. Uh, so I am actually an avid scuba diver. I'm actually ah. finishing my dive master training. Great. Uh, and so we were in the Bahamas and scuba diving every day and I was hanging out with stingrays, sharks, oh. uh, all types of fish, lobsters and <laughs> crabs and stuff. So uh, and just checking out all the, the coral reefs out in the Bahamas. And uh, before that, I've done West Coast Trail out in Vancouver Island, Juan de Fuca. Uh, I've climbed some of the tallest peaks in uh, Waterton National Park and uh, Fisher Peak out in, in Cranbrook area there How in BC. So Tons of things, uh, and I love to travel more and do more outdoorsy stuff. But uh, uh, I love just being outside, and oh. doesn't matter where what that is or what I'm doing. So, well, yeah. that's fantastic. And I know with you saying you're becoming a dive master, maybe that's one thing I'll I'll work towards getting being able to scuba dive in the future. So thank you again, inspiring. Um, I want to sort of backtrack. So when mm. I did episode one. I talked about my story and how we decided to start doing this podcast. And I mentioned a Dan who was the catalyst for us doing it with his podcast. So now we have this Dan here with us yeah. today. Can you tell us about the podcast you produce? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I've been part of a, a Catholic media company um, for a little while now. And uh, we have a podcast called The Coaster. And you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podbean, Google Play Music, and many other casting apps where you can get a podcast. Uh, the The premise of The Coaster is it's just a, a podcast that happens to be Catholic. Mm. And uh, I think the beauty about it is it's just a bunch of uh, young, young folks that just want to have conversations no matter what the conversation is about. Uh, we just get to have a conversation and, and there may be some faith involved. But it's not uh, very down your throat, nor oh, okay. is it very theological. Uh, it's just a honest to truth conversation, and uh, yeah, uh, sounds refreshing. I know I've listened to quite a few of them, and I've enjoyed them, and I enjoy the casual um, conversation you have, and it just feels like you've invited someone into your kitchen and you're having a chat. So it's great. So. Um, you do bring faith into it. And in a previous episode, we talked about faith and healing. Did faith play a part in your healing? Totally. Uh, that was probably one of the biggest things that kind of, I think, kept me alive and mentally alive as well. Uh, of course, family and support is, is a huge part of that. But faith plays a huge role in healing. And not just from an internal side, but externally too, if we pray for folks who are in need of prayer, uh, need divine healing prayer, um, they will receive it. And I was a testament to that. I was, I know that I was receiving prayers from many people uh, that had a role in providing me 
the the opportunity that the Holy Spirit would guide and um, intercede in my healing. And I think that's a huge part of it. And on a personal side, um, definitely had a more um, in deep connection with uh, with my faith and where I stood in life. Because it's not until you get to a moment where you're about to die that you really question mm. your faith. And that's yeah. that's really sometimes you you know you want to step away and totally give up because you're at the end right and you don't know what the answer will will be is it true is it not true um why have you forsaken me you know Mm -hmm. so it's kind of um but i definitely know that there when i started to just accept it and pray myself and and when i was receiving my last rites and stuff while before my surgeries and stuff you really you really come to a sense that you know, there is something bigger and, and, and better out there for, and no matter what happens, I accept it and go from there. So beautiful words that just offer so much hope and, and, um, joy in your heart that you can come to that peace when you're in such an adverse situation. So we've talked about many things, but I guess any tips or suggestions for stroke survivors to help people to keep moving forward yeah definitely uh so depending on the type of stroke you have and where you are at um physically and mentally i think no matter what you are or where you're at set goals and make them happen i think for me the worst thing someone could do is they have a goal and they don't try Uh, you know what i mean yes or like like it's okay to fail I think that was mm-hmm. the thing. Like I noticed a lot of times where if I, I want to let's say go hiking again, I right. failed maybe a hundred thousand or a hundred or a thousand times before I actually got to get to that point. Wow. But I just kept trying, and I think that's probably the biggest thing I can tell someone who's who's suffered or gone through. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say suffer, uh, gone through a stroke yeah. <laughs> and the and the things that come around with it. Right. Um, that. Uh, there is moments where you want to give up and you want to fail and you're just like, I can't get over these effects. This sucks. Like I know what it was before and whatever. Mm. Um, But if you overcome those barriers, uh, anything is possible. Anything. So beautiful words again. And yes, keep trying, keep trying. I just love it. So thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey with us today. I know I'm constantly amazed at the resiliency of people around us, and you've shown how resilient you've been and overcome your adversity, and you're proudly wearing your tragedy as armor, referring to our quote. You inspire hope, strength, peace. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. Now it's time for Speak to the Tweet. Here's a tweet for you. I like the smart goals you talk about in episode three. Thank you. It's a great acronym for setting good goals. For more information, listen to episode three, Get Up and Goal.
this week's joke of the week. I used to believe that the brain was the most important organ. But then I thought, hey, who's telling me that? Oh my, who's telling me to laugh now? This week's Stroke Link. Hey Chris, how's it going today? Great, how about you? I'm doing good too. Hey, you know, it's important to remember that uh, stroke can strike anyone. That's for sure. Just like our guest today, Dan, demonstrated. I'm sure he never expected to have a stroke as a teenager. You know, there are a lot of articles on the web related to younger people having strokes. The focus still seems to be towards stroke being related to lifestyle, though. Yeah, it's the cause of the majority of strokes at any age, up to uh, 86% I've read. That is true. I did read one article that talked specifically about young people having strokes. And although the main theme was lifestyle, it did go into other causes of stroke that a person may have no control over, such as abnormal blood vessels. Yes, I read it too, at your insistence, in fact. (laughs) The focus was on things younger people could do to prevent stroke, which is so important while giving some information on things people cannot change. In all cases, it stressed the importance of recognizing the signs that you may be having a stroke. That's for sure. That's where the most good can be done for the most people. Remember, a stroke can strike at any age, any time. So learn to recognize the signs and don't delay getting medical help, no matter the cause. Exactly. You know, in a later episode, we will explore things we can do to help prevent stroke. But for now, we'd like to recommend an article to you. It's called, Do You Think You're Too Young to Have a Stroke? Now, the link for this article is really long, so we're going to put it up on our Facebook page. Check it out. Last but not least, remember FAST, F-A-S-T. If you or a loved one experience any changes in your face, arm, or speech, time to get yourself to the hospital quickly. You can call 911 in Canada for emergencies, or for inquiries, you can call HealthLink in Canada at 1-866-408-5465 and talk to a healthcare professional. Hey, so that's our show for this week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and leave us a comment on Podbean. If you have any questions or comments, jokes or ideas for future topics, don't hesitate to get a hold of us. Please also visit our webpage at www.7jarsofhotpickledpeppers.com. So until next time, remember... Everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, then it isn't the end. Goodbye and good health.